With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like Jokic. Your sitter. Wow. Uh, as long as they're fans on this point, that's all I care about. So the Warrior fans can be here, the Celtic fans can be here, Laker fans can be here. But take that L on the way out. Jokic. Here's Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the return of the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Mr. Zach Nikosh, and joining me, as he will be now every week as a permanent co-host of the show, it's Mr. Gordon Gross. Gordon, what is up? Uh, I'm here. It's uh, good to be a full-time co-host. Um, I would like the Nuggets to show back up to work soon, so we uh, don't have to have the <laughs> summer conversations and we can have actual conversations, but right now I'll take what I can get. This is this is how I knew you were dedicated because you were like I will come in on on an early September podcast. And let's <laughs> let's you do were te- it. you were testing me. I know that's what it was. You were testing me exactly. I was like if if he's in now, then pff, the rest of this is this the rest of this will be cake because man, it is it is the the summer doldrums. I guess um, absolute the, dog days, man. And he said, "What have you been doing, Gordon? I mean, what's been uh, what's been holding you over?" Work, fool. What do you think I've been doing? <laughs> Trying to make money. Got bills right? to pay. That's the only Look, thing I man, did. I don't know what you get from podcasts, but I will tell you, it doesn't keep the roof over my head. It uh, it keeps the roof over no one's head, and even if you were uh, just trying to get a small tent, you'd probably still be in trouble. I would need a load. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much how that would go. <laughs> that's right. That's right. A loan you would never, ever pay back, uh, unfortunately. But... That's why if you can go ahead and leave us a rating and also make sure to subscribe so that we can one day, one day get ourselves. Uh, Co-sign on a loan for a tent. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's what we're working for. We'll put a Stiffs logo on it and everything. Um, so make sure you guys are doing that actually and that will help us reach our goals. Gordon, um, there is there is a little bit of, of, of Nuggets news that we can that we can at least cover. The, the Denver finally... Uh, gets a contract signed with their their draft pick, Mr. Bull. Bull, of course, gets the two-way deal instead of a full uh, guaranteed NBA deal, despite the fact that the Nuggets still do have one guaranteed roster spot available. How surprised are you that it was just the two-way deal? I, I know that a lot of people are surprised. I'm not terribly surprised yet. They can They can tear that deal up at any time. There's no guarantee involved. There's no time frame involved. You can burn a two-way deal down any day that you want. So if they don't find whatever it is they're looking for for their 15th roster spot, they can just give it to Ball Ball. They can keep him with the team, and he'll be making NBA minimum salary for all the games that he's active for, and he won't lose any money on it 
until they actually send him to the G League. So it's basically a stall. Right. Um, until they figure out their roster situation and whether they want that 15th spot for somebody else. So it doesn't really affect him currently. It's just a stopover. And I'm, I'm fully expecting them to burn that down at some point. Um, give him his the fifteenth man slot, and then let him go play in the G League. Isn't there though? I mean, isn't there some concern that they don't like the longer they wait with this two way deal, the more uh, the more risk they put at Bowl Bowl because they're going to have to send him to the G League at some point if they don't, you know, transfer this deal over. They they get a little bit of time right at the beginning of the season because the G League hasn't started, so none of those right. those days count. But once the G League starts, you know, supposedly they only have. 45 days. Now we saw this with like Tory Craig uh, a couple years ago. Well, they they can do some kind of funny things. It's it's a really dumb rule. They that... look the the rule basically is not enforced, and right. apparently it's isn't enforceable. Enforced. Yeah. So basically, the rule is it's you're supposed to be games on the roster, but that they aren't counting travel days and they aren't counting non game days. So they're saying it's a like a 45 game rule that it's a that the days are games. So that's half the season. Right. Like, if that's how you're going to count it, then that is half the season. And that's what they did with Tory Craig, and that's what they did with other people. So at this point, I don't consider it to be a huge barrier to anything. Um, It's just a matter of whether or not it's going to cost Bull Bull a lot of money. Um, Right. And you would think that since everyone around him in the draft, you know, signed, you know, at least for a million dollars a season for a couple of years that uh, his agent got some sort of, um, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours from the Denver Nuggets front office about the fact that, yes, they would take a two-way deal for right now as long as it doesn't cost his client much money in order for them to be roster flexible and um, make it back on the back end. I mean, I don't know that. But there's no real reason that he would need to take one since considering they don't have 15 men on the roster yet. Yeah, exactly. There's not. It would be different if it was like a clear cut full roster and there would they would have to give someone up who was either a prospect that would they wouldn't want to give up. You know, you think of a guy like a Jared Vanderbilt uh, or a Vlatko Chanchar now um, or, you know, a, a vet that you either has a high dollar figure or a guy you really want to have in your locker room. They don't but they don't have that big problem because, like you said, they, they still have one open roster spot. It's it's weird to me. And, and and maybe they are the plan is to just play the game and and kind of wait because you when you got a guy who's got his two issues right the reason he slides in the draft one health um, you know there's a foot issue which is always a concern with big men uh, particularly one who yeah. ones were really you know really tall the taller they get the the bigger the concerns you think about how Yao Ming uh, that completely derailed his career. Uh, you, you, Rick Smith, all those guys. Yeah, man. exactly, exactly. So you want him to be get you with your training staff, with your medical staff, right? They're watching over his workouts. They're making sure that what he's doing is in the best interest of him and the team, not necessarily some other G League team. Because oh, by the way, you don't have your own G League team to send him to, so you got to send him out to somebody else's team, you know, and then, and then of course, the, on top of that, the, the we've had the concerns about, you know, or, or, or the, the rumors or whatever you want to call them about uh, focus or uh, desire, so on and so forth with him. 
again, that's something you want to, you, if you've got that concern, and I'm not saying they do, but like I said, that rumor's out there, you... You want to have you want to have that guy close to close to you again to to be make sure you're on top of him make sure he's doing the right things he's he's taking you know he's looking at film at home he's he's not getting himself uh in, into doing things like you know playing uh, random people on the internet for his Nike for their Nikes uh, and having them over to his apartment stuff like that there uh, uh, yeah maybe that yeah. Just, just a small, uh, a small suggestion there. You know, so it doesn't make a lot of sense to have to send this guy off of, uh, off of your roster and down to the G League because you don't have your own G League team, uh, and then you have the the concerns or whatever you want to call them with Bowl Bowl. So that's that's what I think is the shocking is the reason that it's shocking to me. Now, like we said, they 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 can play this game and they've got some time to figure it out. They, they also, the Nuggets are dangerously close to the luxury tax. So they, it, every day that they wait, you know, and they don't have to sign someone, whether it's bull bull or it's somebody to a veteran minimum, you know, every day that they go into the season where they haven't signed that guy yet, that's essentially two bucks or, you know, a two percent or, or portion of the, uh, uh, veteran minimum that they get back because they're they're not having to pay that plus the tax on that um, by having some guy on their roster. So I I, yeah, I, I the see tax, there's some the money is, issues uh, there. by the end of the year, right? Yeah, like, but but you exactly, but it's still a prorated uh, uh, deal, right? So you could, yeah, I mean they could it, make yeah, other moves. Right. You know, it they is, can make it other is moves. prorated as long as you you were over it. But to to get out of the tax by the end of the year, you just cut somebody. Like it's it's not a horrible problem. But who do you cutting? Well, it depends on who's there at the deadline, man. If you need to trade somebody for nothing, you know, you, uh... if you needed to cut salary, you can do that. You could you have Wancho's deals up at the end of the year. You know, so, if you need to move him in February, you just move him. Gordon, I, I appreciate your uh, your your faith in the the Nuggets front office to deal a player on an expiring contract at trade deadline. At trade deadline, I know it's I know it's crazy talk. <laughs> I know the idea that they could you know wrangle a trade in which they got back less money than they sent out is crazy. Yes, exactly. That um, well, I mean, hey, there's there's a first time for everything. We could, uh, you know, they've 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 swung such deadline boons as Roy Hibbert in the past. So there's always a chance. Still, the most memorable cost them a draft pick. Cost them draft pick. Cost them well, one point two million dollars at least, because that's what they had to give up to get Bull Bull. Which brings me back yep. to the, his his two way deal. In theory, they just wait, right? They wait. So six hundred thousand dollars, which plus the tax on it, right? You get pretty close to one point right. two million, yep. which is what they had to pay for Bull Bull's deal. They, uh, you know. Uh, that's like about three quarters of a uh, of a rookie minimum. So, it's somewhere somewhere around maybe March, they just convert his contract there and then. And they're like, all right, Bobo, you're on the team now. We we made you actually pay the money for the draft pick that we <laughs> that we got you with. But uh, now now we'll bring you on since we got the savings back from not signing you to that contract. Like that would it would it would not shock me. Uh, if that's what the way this end up going, they just end up waiting it out until they can, until they have to. Uh, the the league is finally like, all right, guys, it's been forty five days. What are you gonna do? Uh, <laughs> and then they're like, all right, fine, now we'll sign him. And then you know, and they just try and see how much money money they can get back for the for the one point two million that they actually had to spend uh, to be able to draft him. Hey man, knowing knowing um, how the front office hates to lose deals. Um. Uh, please see their current war with Comcast and Dish and uh, Directv. 
Um, <laughs> right. I can certainly understand them uh, trying to uh, get back what they can when they can. Yeah, the um, that is unfortunate. What I mean, it, it's not a problem for me. I, uh, I I have different ways to definitely watch the Nuggets. Uh, not really concerned about it. Just uh, you know, out there on the internet, I guarantee you somebody will be will be playing it. But um, the you know, it's a weird kind of thing. Here we are, man. What media day is basically three weeks away. Uh, and there's there's a chance that like the, the they'll, there's no need to send uh, any of the Nuggets media there because they, they're not airing it, you know. Well, and and your question is, what are you going to do about broadcasts? What are you going to do about any number of things? Right. I mean, I expect them to solve this problem, um, but I I am very I'm surprised that they want to get to this point, honestly. Right. Um, and so much with Ball Ball, like I'm surprised that it got to the point that they had to force him to take a two way deal. Uh, when his peers are taking, you know, the the two year minimum deals uh, for second rounders, is that you know, just are uh, still like two million dollars? I think it's strange. But do you look at that you know, as do you look at that as shrewd negotiating or you know just being hardball? Um, I think they look at it as shrewd negotiating. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it's weird it, it's, for for me. The ball ball thing like is it's like pinching pennies. Yeah, it is, and and but it's. I mean, that's yeah. one of the hallmarks of how Cronky became a billionaire is by pinching pennies. Right. So that that's that's just his way. Um, I mean, there are plenty of stories about that if you want to look them up. My my thing is that they don't usually do it with um, players. The new front office has made it very clear that players are priority, and yep. they're not um, gouging players for extra salary here and there, and they're not. You know, trading them to terrible teams or, you know, morale on the team is a big deal to them. And having Ball Ball come in on a 50 grand contract isn't exactly great for his morale, which is why I don't think it's going to stand. I think it's a temporary measure. And I think they told him it's a temporary measure. And so he's fine with it because that's not the contract he will play the entire year on. Yeah. Yeah. It almost has to be. I mean, because otherwise, yeah, like you said, everybody around him has got uh, significantly more money. So, um, well, see, I mean, what do you think it is? I guess if you look at if you look at Bull Bull all the way around, I mean, what what are your expectations for him for this season? Is this a guy who's gonna just be down in the G League? Is he gonna get a total redshirt year uh, like Michael Porter Jr.? Are you thinking maybe he's gonna find find his way into minutes somehow? I mean, like, what what should we realistically expect for him this year? Jared Vanderbilt. That's a, yeah, that's probably a good. I mean, so so you're saying like maybe get a little bit of G League time, a little bit of G League time, couple of minutes in the back end, work with the main club's trainers, get back in shape, figure out NBA shape as opposed to like play a couple of college games shape, which is what he and uh, Vanderbilt were in, right? And go from there. Yeah, that's probably a good. I mean, that's probably a more realistic path than say like a, a Tory Craig guy, right? Who uh, ends up becoming a contributor. Uh, yeah, Tory Tory Craig had a grown man body, man. Like he he'd already right. played. He'd played through the wars in the Australian League and some other places. Right. Like he was, you a grown know, man. <laughs> yeah, well, he's he, a grown he's, man. He's a grown ass man. Like yeah. you know, he's he's not a teenager trying to figure out how to how to play against grown men in a grown men's league. He doesn't have that problem. 
Right. Right, yeah, he was he was definitely ready for it. I like the Jared Vanderbilt comparison. That's that's probably a good way to look at it because he was another guy who wasn't really quite ready health-wise. You were wondering where he was at right. when, when he first uh, the season started last year. But by the end of the year, you're, he was getting you know yeah some some garbage minutes uh, at the NBA level. That's that's probably that's probably like the ideal uh, curve for. for for Bull Bull, I would, I would say. I, th- so. I think it's what Denver would like, is for him not to see a lot of NBA minutes this year, um, for him to work on his body, him to work on his conditioning, him to work on certain aspects of his game, um, go down and test them out in the G League in two or three stints in the G League, uh, come back, keep working with the trainers, you know, hang out with the team, travel, you know, do film study, you know, uh, learn how to be a pro. Now, we're about to find out how well that plan pays off because right. Jared Vanderbilt and Michael Porter Jr. should both be on that track, and they should both be getting real minutes this year. So if that track works, then it will be proven out this year with those guys. Well, I don't know that I... It's, we're getting a little, getting a little off talk, but that's all right. Uh, like, I don't you know didn't that, have a topic list anyway. <laughs> don't give me that. We did. We did just kind of wing this thing uh, right, before the, right before the show came on. But yeah... You know what? That's that's how the new the new pickaxe pundits just rolls. We're just gonna uh, we're just gonna make it up. That was the real reason. We bloviate. Yeah, but just put that on there. We're yeah. we are the bloviators. I was fun. like, if, if if Gordon's on every week with me, then I've we'll just I'll talk about all whatever. The time. Like, we'll worry about it. <laughs> something something will come bring us through. But I was gonna say, like, I think the 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 path right is even when you look at those guys, those second year guys, uh, not necessarily for them to be regular rotation guys right the path is like the malik beasley path right so it's really year three that's when you're like all right now we want to see you be a contributor uh for our team you tell me man if michael if michael porter jr is a mellow level talent then no i expect his ass in the rotation like that's not a question He's, I mean, he's a little bit different. We got to see that though. But yeah, obviously, if he, he like, you know, if he's living up to the hype, that's always the thing. If he lives up to the hype, then like, of course you play him because you've got, you've, you've hit, hit the jackpot. But I, I'm just saying, you, you don't necessarily have to hit the jackpot right now uh, with either of those guys. They could still be kind of like back into the rotation, still kind of just getting garbage minute guys, uh, but up at the NBA and healthy the entire year. And then next year, you're really looking at them to, you know, kind of take over and be, like I said, major rotation pieces like Malik Beasley um, has been. All right. Uh, um, I'll give it to you. But really, it, for me, I would expect that the the goal with those two players, Vanderbilt and Porter, is for them to force their way into the rotation and allow you to trade people at the deadline. Like, that's that's the goal, is for them to make it impossible for you, that you not to play them. It seems like it's really, man, it's really, there's not much chance Wancho's going to be on this team long term, huh? It's hard. It's hard to see him, even though he has a perfect skill set. And you see him playing for Spain, and you see him just knocking down threes and, you know, hustling for rebounds. And you're like, yep, that's the Wancho that I have never seen with the Nuggets for more than, like, 30 games. Right. I'd love to see it because he's perfect. I love love that guy's game, and whoever gets him is going to be lucky. But it's hard to see him staying past this year when he's going to get paid if Michael Porter Jr. needs those minutes or Jared right. Vanderbilt needs those right. minutes or and they're getting them like, on rookie deals. Yeah, you've got you've got three guys behind him who all play the same the same spot and yeah. all all going to be basically or well not not necessarily even cheaper because Michael Porter Jr. is probably about the same amount of money. But um, 
Not as what, not more than. But what not Wancho's more gonna what Wancho is going to get now. Yeah, exactly. He's about yeah. the same what what Wancho cost them on a rookie deal. So, right. Know, they, they, it's basically you can just kick that can down the road because you haven't got anything out of him yet. You know, he's been kind of a. Um, He's been kind of uh, like you said. He's, he, you see these flashes, and it's like, man, there it is. Like he's got this awesome skill set, but we just health health has just not been on his side. Basically. There have been glimpses of it, and honestly, this is the year for a lot of guys. This yeah. is the year for Malik Beasley to show that the Nuggets need him, or that the Nuggets can't afford him. Like he's going to show a lot this year. Right. Like there there is a low pitch where he resigns with them for a you know an MLE. There's a there's a medium where they can you know barely afford him, but they got to keep him. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Malik Beasley turns into Jamal Murray and is going to get paid eighteen million dollars a year, right. and we can't pay it. Yeah, he's an RFA, so somebody overpays, and you. Yep. Uh, is there a world where Malik Beasley gets a max contract? I don't think so. <laughs> he, would, he would have to like somebody would have to get hurt, like Gary Harris. Well, would that he hurt, basically he would Murray have would like have to get hurt, and he would score. have to. Like most Play improved like player, like he would have yeah. to be like a serious contender for most improved player, if not the winner. Uh, and then yes, probably like, uh, then he'd probably be close to that max. That's what it would take, right? Somebody would have right. to give him that kind of offer to get the Nuggets to probably not match him. It's a good point, man. It's gonna be, uh, it's a big year, man. It's a big, big year for the Nuggets, all of them. Because the guy, well, you're kind of stuck with Will Barton, so. Uh, well, you're not though. Like that's the thing. The the uh, we, this was this has nothing to do with what we were going to talk about. But look, <laughs> <laughs> look, Way if we're going to go here, like you have Jamal Murray who's trying to live up to a to a max contract, you know. So right off the bat, you've got somebody who um, is is under pressure to show up and perform. Um, you've got uh, you know Nikola Jokic who's coming off his first team All NBA and is under pressure to show up and perform. After being the guy that dragged the play the uh, the Nuggets to the playoffs, and is the guy for Serbia in the World Cup right now, yep. you um, have Millsaps potentially last year with the team, so you need to audition a bunch of forwards. You've got you know Michael Porter Jr. and Vanderbilt coming together to show that they need minutes. You need uh, Beasley and uh, Wancho to show, even Tory Craig to show that their role player minutes are worthwhile to give to them. That you've got. Um, Gary Harris and Will Barton both coming off of devastating injuries that limited them in the playoffs who need to show that they are back to their healthy form so that they can resume those same roles with the Nuggets because if Will Barton can't resume that same role then he should be on the bench and maybe Malik Beasley starts like there's a whole bunch of things that can happen this year it's a it's going to be a crazy year for the Nuggets it is yeah there is a lot of uh, a lot of questions outside of point guard and center Honestly, like those are the yeah. two spots you're like, all right, we know it's gonna be it's gonna be Jamal backed up by Monty, and it's gonna be Jokic backed up by Mason. That's those are probably That's the only what you two got. spots that are set. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty interesting because even man, even shooting guard with Gary Harris, you never know. Like with the with you know with Gary's one of those guys who just can't stay healthy, so it's right. Uh, and it's it's so sad because he's so good when he's on. Right, right. But yeah, then for 25 games a year, you're he's out of the lineup. Yep, we'll, we'll, and we'll see. I guess it's. Always a chance. Um, you know, it's funny. You always talk about we, one of the guys people talk about trading Gary Harris for a lot for is uh, Bradley Beal, and there was a long time Bradley Beal was considered, you know, to be a uh, injury prone player. 
Right. Uh, and now he's like missed two games in like the last four seasons or something like crazy like that. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's ridiculous. Um, all right, let's, you know, you, you mentioned the World Cup there. So let's let's shift gears a little bit. We'll talk to the World Cup, a bit, little bit of World Cup um, <clears throat> basketball. So Jokic, uh, as we know, gets kicked out of the game uh, against Spain today. Spain goes on to beat Serbia. Um, fairly handily. I can't remember what the final score is, but it was fairly, it was like 89 or 82, 69, something like that. Um, anyways, uh, that, that's not really uh, that important. 81, 69. Um, basically now, so Serbia gets stuck on a, a bracket with Argentina, uh, the United States, and then... Um, should be one other team. Meanwhile, Spain will be on the other side. Uh, Gordon, let me just let me just get your your I guess ten thousand feet take. Uh, who do you got winning the two thousand nineteen FIBA Basketball World Cup? I don't know, man. I mean, I'll still take the United States because they're the United States. Um, but Spain probably has the best shot at it. They they're the most veteran team. They know what they're doing. They have a, a deep enough team, especially for international play. They're the most skilled at international play. Um and they've shown they can get under Jokic's skin, which is a problem, and the US has no one to defend Gasol. So <laughs> I don't really know what they got. Maybe, you know, maybe Miles Turner. But mm-hmm. um but again, in international play, that's it's just different. Um I'm curious to see who's going to slow Spain down because Serbia was barely a speed bump, even with Jokic in there. And that did right. surprise me. Right. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, Spain is one of those teams, man. They're, they've, I mean, they've all pretty much been the second best team uh, in the world for uh, 15 years. Yeah. About 15 years, really, ever since Argentina uh, won the gold back in Athens. It's been Spain, it's been the U.S. and then Spain. Um, yep. And and they've kind of pretty much been business as usual so far in this tournament, as has the USA, despite the fact that there's not been uh, nearly the the talent level that you would expect. It's still clear. They I had mean, that blip against Turkey. They almost lost right. that game. But. Right, exactly. But they they held on right, and they lost to Australia in one of the you know friendlies or whatever um, before it before it started. But the thing is about like. Top to bottom, they're clearly the deepest team uh, in, in the tournament. It's not even close. Like, they're they That's correct. There's only one team that has NBA players, and not just NBA players, but good, really good NBA players. Um, and Mason Plumley, uh, with, with from from you know from top to bottom, they're only one. Like, there's no other team that can can boast that kind of depth, which. Really, in a in a tournament like this, that I think goes a long ways because it's for whatever reason you don't just see the individual uh, one individual guy dominating uh, the sport, and that's that's been that's been true uh, all the way back to the Dream Team. You know, you can't even though they had Jordan uh, and and Magic and Bird and all the these guys, they they didn't no but no one player was like, oh my gosh, that guy totally just dominated the entire tournament. You know, which is. Uh, you see, you see a team like Greece, right? And the they uh, they really couldn't keep up, even though they have the best player uh, in the tournament. So I'm I'm kind of right. with you on that. It's, to me, it it's hard to pick against the U.S., um, but they're capable of losing. I mean, they they almost uh, lost there to to Turkey. They're probably going to get Serbia uh, in the semifinals. You would think. Uh, well, and Serbia is going to be dangerous to the U.S. Right. The way that Serbia plays, if they hit their shots, will be very dangerous to the United States. 
Serbia has no one who can stop Jokic, which is they I mean, don't. The U.S. The U.S. Has the no U.S. doesn't. The U.S. has yeah. no one who can who can take Jokic and put him off his game. The Gasol brothers play, or you know, Marcus all plays a certain way, right? Um, and Jokic usually doesn't have a problem with that, but in FIBA, he did, and he got you know on the wrong side of some refs, and that was that, right? But for the most part. You know, at least uh, Gasol knows how to play Jokic. The, the United States doesn't have anybody who's who's skilled at that, and that could be a problem for them. Yeah, it's it's they don't really have anybody. I mean, they don't have much size uh, to throw at no. him either. So that's that's always been a problem for any team uh, playing Jokic. If you don't, you know, it's one of the reasons why the the Nuggets have so much success against the Warriors is they've never had somebody very skilled. When the one spot that the Warriors have always been weak at is the center. Um, which is why I think uh, the Nuggets seem to have so much success because Jokic just kind of dominates those games. So, I mean, it'd be interesting to see. Uh, there's certainly, I think, I th- probably the biggest threat uh, to to the U.S. would be would be Serbia. And then, I, I mean, I, I would expect coming out of the other bracket is going to be Spain. It doesn't seem like there's too much. I mean, Brazil has looked pretty good uh, as well. Let's see the U.S. will play uh, tomorrow morning, but um, I would still I would still probably take Spain. Uh, on the other side. Yeah, I would think so. So, I mean, the, if if Spain, I guess, is is the best, second best team uh, in the world still right now, is that? I mean, do you think that's true five years from now, or is it one of these other teams? I guess is is Serbia or or somebody else going to take that that kind of mantle as as the the perennial, if you will, uh, silver medalist? Well, that sort of depends on. Um, how it goes with you know the Hernan Gomez brothers and who else comes up through through Spain, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. Like Spain is. I mean, they're getting kind of old. Uh, Marcus Sol is is you know, and then a couple of years from now, it's not going to be the same guy. Right. Like Marcus Sol is is coming to the end. Right. So, Ricky Rubio is not a spring chicken anymore. Like. Right. <clears throat> yeah, you're you're coming to the end of that sort of you know in their prime dominance. Right. You know they've had the same continuity forever. Right. Um, Wancho and his brother are going to have to take a step up if, if it's going to stay Spain because Jokic is still in his prime. You know, Bogdanovic is in his prime. Like you've got these guys for for Serbia. They're they're they have guys aging out too, but they their prime guys are better than Spain's prime guys currently. Yeah, I would. I would. So you're going to have to see agree. who else you've got in your in your pipeline, really. Um, so I I still expect it to be a different team than Spain. Yeah, because when you think about it, I mean, also you look at Spain. I mean, I'm looking at the roster like Rudy Fernandez, Sergio Lull. These are, I mean, these are yeah, the guys yeah. from from that kind of golden era. Golden and they're era, in their 30s, man. Yeah, they're in yeah, their, they're, you know, that's they're, they're aging out. Exactly. They're, it's not. Uh, it's not looking um, great for them. You know, I mean, Serbia is a really obviously a, a really uh, great choice. If, I think if you're thinking about who's going to take them over, but I don't necessarily know that. I mean, that they're going to actually be. Uh, the second best, the the second best team five years from now. Because I think about other teams like man. What do you think about? I mean, a team who's not in this, um, in this World Cup right now, which is which is a, almost criminal. Uh, but Slovenia, I mean, is another. Yeah, team Slovenia like, not being in this is so crazy. They got. I mean, you know, they got the unicorn Anthony Randolph on there. The the OG exactly. Unicorn. How could they not be in here? <laughs> He's the most Slovenian guy I've ever seen. Uh, no, I mean, you know, and I think about other teams like, I mean, Australia uh, is is a, a team that could be very good coming up. The, te- the thing about it is is we haven't seen that next group 
of guys like like you saw with with Spain or with uh, Argentina in the their golden generation. Like right. you know, there there's been the the one offs. I mean, Greece has Giannis, and in in Australia has Ben Simmons, and there's uh, even though he's not playing, you know, and Canada's got a lot of good young guys, and Jamal Murray probably uh, top among them, but nobody has kind of had that group. Uh, quite come together. Even Serbia, you know, because past Jokic and Bogdanovic, I mean, you've got some older guys who are still still playing well there, but there's not a ton, uh, not a ton to love past those guys in terms of having a full group of dudes like you know, like Spain had when Rudy Fernandez was at his height, and, and they had well, both the Gasol it's, brothers. It's the difference between being Germany with um, Dirk Nowitzki, right? Like Germany was good because they had Dirk Nowitzki. Right. But they they didn't they didn't quite have the guys to put around him to challenge a team like Spain, right? Um, right. And so trying to find enough guys to round it out and make the complete package is is where the trouble starts. And I'm I'm with you. I'm curious to see who that's going to be. I'm not sure that that has shown itself yet because a lot of the the good teams internationally are losing their top players, um, or their the shift is going to the new guard. They they don't have a lot of. You don't have a lot of prime guys and a lot of young guys. You have a lot of older guys and a lot of young guys, and you're trying to hope that you have another wave coming. Right. I honestly think it'll be if I were to guess, I would. I would. It might be. It might seem a little bit crazy because they're again another team not in the World Cup right now. But I would probably put. I, w- I would probably guess Canada. Uh, honestly, I think they're going to have. We'll see what Jamal Murray brings to it, man. Because. He's going to be a huge key. You talk about depth, though. That's that's another team. And, we, and you talk about putting a group of guys together. Like Canada can already put a group uh, of about like five or six different NBA players, like starters on a lot Very of teams. True. You know, so like yeah. they're 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 getting there. And and you put five more years of that pipeline. I think uh, I wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me to see uh, a USA Canada gold medal game in a couple. I don't know what the Summer Olympics will be after. Uh, where's it coming this time? Tokyo, right? Is the next one? I think so. Yeah, who knows? That's 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 a podcast two years from now. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah, worry about that when we get there, man. <laughs> All right. Tell you what. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's hit a break, uh, and then when we come back, we will we will try to wrap this thing up with a, a nice tr- discussion on training camp, which is like I said, just about, about three weeks away. Uh, so stick with us. We'll be right back. been there when the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest that's when disaster strikes the last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business maybe your light suddenly won't turn on or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling heck maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new ac unit whatever your need may be give sun electrical a call They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 
888-719-6588. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. to the Pickaxe Hunted Show. We are making our triumphant return. Zach Nikosh, Gordon Gross, your every week co-hosts now uh, on the show. Make sure you guys are following us on uh, Twitter. Gordon is at GMoneyNugs. I'm at Zach Nikosh. Um, of course, follow at Denver Stiffs. And then also, if you would uh, subscribe to the podcast, the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network, uh, and leave us a rating. We would appreciate it. All right, Gordon, let's get, dive back into it. Training camp, three weeks away. Your neck of the woods. How uh, how stoked are you that it'll be it'll be just down the road? It will be just down the road, and I am sure that I will be hosting other stiffs at my house while I get work done and they get to go enjoy <laughs> you know, <at> <laughs> what they get to, to see. You got you to at least try and figure out, like, one, uh, you know, one day in there maybe. Got to hop Saturday. down for one day, right? Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, when it's that close, they never do it up by me. You know, it's never up north. I don't think we have any any spot. Uh, Nobody does this in Wyoming, man. Center. Come on. Yeah, it's, I don't, yeah. I don't think the university. Yeah, there's really nowhere to go uh, up here. Unfortunately, that has two basketball courts. It's a tough, tough thing to find uh, in Colorado. It's you know, I was uh, I was playing. You the can't new... find it in Denver, so yeah, yeah it's kind of a problem. <laughs> I was like, I was playing the new uh, NBA 2K20. Um, just came out and uh you know um, i did a uh did a workout for the denver nuggets in my player mode and i noticed that their training center had two courts and for a place that is uh or a game that prides itself on accuracy i just want to let them know that is that's not what happens it's not the case uh with denver nuggets would be nice uh, I, w- I was wondering if this year they were going to go down and do it and actually go just go to Atlanta and just be like, all right, what you can do it at Paul Millsap's uh, place. He has the best gym, man. Like, <laughs> right. I, I was surprised they didn't go. Like, his gym in Atlanta is insane. Right, yeah. It's like, uh, it's way nicer than what they have uh, here in Denver. But the Olympic, the Olympic Training Center is uh, one of few places that does, in fact, have two basketball courts. You know, when I, uh, when I was a kid, they used to do it at the Air Force Academy. Uh, every year, but I don't even think that place. I think they just always did it on the one court down there. I don't know why they right. uh, why they decided to come all the way down to the Springs, but they will be there this year uh, once again. So we kind of talked about that. Uh, they've got that open roster spot. I mean, do you think they're looking for a guy to fill it? I mean, is it uh, is it PJ Dozier? Is it uh, Tyler Cook? Maybe is another guy on a two way deal? I mean, we haven't really heard much about veterans that they're they're considering to bring in. So do you, I mean, it kind of seems like that they're just going to leave that thing open. Uh, I'm still I still expect them to try to get a third point guard. I just yeah. do like if something happens to to Jokic, you want another guy there who can, you know, run a team in emergencies. If something happens to one of our other guards, we have had a lot of guard problems with health. You know, you, it would be nice to have an, a third emergency point guard. Um, I don't know if they can get a, a guy in a vet minimum. And like you said, we're the Nuggets are on a um, a crunch against that ceiling um, for the tax. And so 
If you don't want to hit the tax, then you've got to be careful who you sign, when you sign them, for how long you sign them. Right. Um, they may wind up with a rotating position and keep like putting guys in on ten days or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's kind of a weird, um, a weird situation because you know we heard a little bit of buzz about like Joe Johnson, right? And and maybe that the right. were, were interested in him. So if they're interested, even if even if there wasn't. Uh, it doesn't look like there, there's much chance that that's going to happen. I don't even think the Nuggets uh, had a workout with them or anything. I don't know. I haven't, no. I haven't kept up with the Joe Johnson news. Um, but, uh, you know, even if there was just a hint of an interest, even if they made phone calls, that means, okay, it kind of gives you some insight. Like, well, maybe they're looking for a veteran guy, right, to be that kind of – I mean, they've had – they've usually had that guy, and they didn't necessarily have that guy uh, last season. Other than they have Paul Millsap. And, and, and so maybe it's like, okay, we've got – not only do we have the veteran – uh, in the locker room, but he actually is a contributor on our, our right. uh, team instead of just like a Mike Miller or a Richard Jefferson type guy. But, you know, maybe like that's what they're, they're looking at is still for is somebody like that because that's that's what you'd have to assume they're thinking with Joe Johnson because I can't imagine they're actually going to you know play that guy like actual minutes um, unless they had to, unless injuries or something forced them to. But uh, maybe they want a, a veteran presence and if they can get that in terms of a third point guard, I don't know who who's out there who you would... Uh, who you would think of uh, other than, you know, I mean, maybe Jameer Nelson is still... I don't know, but I, I mean, around. they've used it. They used it on Isaiah Thomas last year. Like, right. I, I could see them finding somebody. Yeah, that's true. I guess I could, we gotta, if I had more time, I would look up uh, who are the, the best remaining point guards. Uh, Next week's show. Agency. It'll be fun. Next week's, that's right. That's right. We got we got plenty of time before training camp starts. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's and I guess that's what we have to wait and see. You know, like like we said, they brought in PJ Dozier, uh, who's kind of a combo guard. Uh, so I, yeah, it doesn't really kind of fit that role. Plus, he's not. I mean, he doesn't have a ton of experience. He's only played eight NBA games. So, right. Um, seems he's more seems to be more of a, a camp body uh, than anything. So I guess, uh, but but Denver typically has about twenty or so guys uh, in camp. So you know, right now they've got seventeen. Uh, total guys that that are confirmed for camp, so they could bring in you know two or three more, and maybe one of those guys is some sort of veteran point guard or something like that. I could see it, like that. That would be my expectation. They have so much coverage at other places, um, and if you needed an emergency center, you've got Ball Ball on his little two way contract currently. Right. Like you know, uh, you have Millsap who can play some center. You've got a a bunch of forwards who could get minutes. So you can you can stack that into the roster. Um, I I would expect that what they're looking for is veteran leadership and ball handling like that, because even in the in the playoffs you saw Jamal Murray have trouble with ball pressure. Yep. Um, and and you needed to have Monte Morris come in and dribble the ball. He couldn't shoot for whatever <laughs> reason. His right. legs were done in the playoffs. But uh, you know sometimes it's just good to have a guy who's a veteran hand who's available in case of emergency, who can talk young point guards, and the Nuggets have two of them, yep. you know, through these situations. And so I can see them wanting that kind of a player. I know that Will Barton is is kind of the de facto emergency third point guard, um, but I would like to see him play uh, this year healthy before they, they commit to that. And they're holding this roster spot open for a reason, and that's the reason I'm assuming they're doing it. Yeah, you prefer Will Barton to not play point guard. I mean, let's just be honest. That's that's not where he's. he's it's great best. that he. It's, it's great that he can do it as an emergency point guard, but I don't want him deployed that way. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You'd, you'd rather, um, you'd rather keep him out on the wing. 
where he's where he's at his at his you know mostly yeah yeah. That, yeah yeah and, and he can and he can go ahead and yes he's an on ball slasher but he doesn't have to try to run the offense while being an on ball slasher right exactly because you know I mean it, it just will will be well too much he his, his the way he wants to run the offense is not necessarily the way the Nuggets are set up to run the offense so correct uh, there's a little bit of disconnect there um all right let, we'll close it out with this I want to know so you're we we're kind of thinking like you know what if the Nuggets had uh, lost uh, what if Jokic got hurt something like yeah well, knock on wood um but uh, it would kind of lead, I think, to the, you know some crazier lineups. So I would, I'm going to come at you now with with what I would be. What is the craziest lineup that I want to see uh, at least this year? And it is it is like one of their bench lineups. But I want to see uh, we're going to have Jerry and Grant at center, Jared Vanderbilt at power forward, Michael Porter Jr. at small forward, Troy Craig or Malik Beasley, either one uh, as shooting guard with Monty Morris running the point. I'd love to see that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I mean, it, it seems like it would be a, one of those small ball lineups. That you, maybe you just get like, you know, five minutes or so of it uh, sprinkled in there somewhere and you, you just basically try and run. <laughs> it's just Monty Morris just trying to throw alley-oops uh, to, to whoever gets down the court the quickest. Um, and then and then hopefully you just smother everybody on the defensive end. It would be my uh, that'd be my go-to. What about you, Gordon? What is, your, what is a crazy lineup you'd like to see? Man, I still want to see the big wing shooter lineup. I still want to see Wancho in on one corner three, like Michael Porter Jr. on another corner three. You know, you can have Will Barton out at the out of the three point line. Um, I would I would love to see and and just have Jokic passing to all these open guys who are that willing to true. cut or take shots or, you know, how fun is that going to be if you can get all these big guys who can shoot, to shoot. Like, yeah, what does that do for your team? You really like, man, if you can get Wancho and Michael Porter Jr. Um, both hitting, you know, hitting threes for you, and you've got you've got Jokic there at the center. I mean, you can pick any two guards you want and, and throw <laughs> yep. that group, and it's just basically Jokic just surrounded by four shooters. Um, probably a little bit, maybe a little bit suspect on the defensive end, but, uh, you know. Well, it depends. I mean, it's, it's interesting because it gives you a bunch of size to defend people with. Now, maybe... It's too much size, and they're not fast enough. Right. But um, it, it I there's so many different lineups that the Nuggets can run. I still think this lineup or this year is going to be uh, more lineup challenges for Michael Malone, just because there's so much to do. There's so many options. There's so many ways you could deploy guys, and guys like to know their roles. They like to know I'm getting 15 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever tonight. You know, I start, I work these minutes, I come off the court. And there's so many different ways he could deploy them. If that stuff doesn't work for plan A, that he's got to be careful how many plans he deploys. Because I'm with you. I'd love to see some of these lineups. There's going to be a lot of fun to be had, uh, really. But they're going to have to figure out um, some structure to all of these right. deployments they could do. I mean, there's going to be some guys who are going to get left out. There's just, uh, just yes. the way it is. They can't play. They've, they've probably got about like 14 uh yeah, I mean, when you uh, not fourteen because you, I guess you you'd assume Vlaco's not really uh, as a rookie is going to be. Uh, I don't know, man. That guy has played more professional basketball than Jared Vanderbilt or Michael true. Porter Jr. Or, I mean, you know, he he knows how to play. And the thing that Michael Malone likes more than anything is guys who know their position and know their role on the court and can ex and can execute it. That makes defense. him happy. Yeah, well, and, and Vlaco's a Vlaco's a very big dude, like not tall. Right. Um, he's okay for, for height for his position. He's average. Right. But, you know, the guy is a solid brick wall of muscle. 
<laughs> um, and exactly. and his positioning is good. He's cu- he's cunning about where he stands on the court. He stands in the right place for rebounds. He stands in the right place to deter drives. He's right. not he's not like an overall crazy athletic defender, but he gives energy and position, and that matters. It matters right, to yeah. Malone. You exactly. know, like Jared Vanderbilt. That. Jared Vanderbilt might be in the wrong positions too much to get on the court because he still can't shoot yet. Like that's what they're working on with Jared is to make sure that he, he can get an on-court shot that works for him. You know, even if it's only from a couple spots on the floor, you know, what can you do? If you're going to play the Kenneth Fareed role with defense, you know, that's great. But where can you score from? If it's only on lobs, I can only put you on the court with guys who can throw you lobs. Like, that's how that works. Which is fine, because as long as you have Jokic or Morris in there, you know, you just... Yeah, then you're fine. <laughs> and I, I, I would love to see that happen. But there's going to be some guys who are left out. You're not wrong. I'm yeah. worried about Jared Vanderbilt getting time, because I want him to get time. I think he I... could be a great pro. I, I, I see, man, he's like, like I was talking about earlier in the show about like the Malik kind of that Malik Beasley path. Like, if there's one guy I think more so than anyone who's probably on that path, it would be Jared Vanderbilt because it's just so hard to see. I mean, unless there's some injuries, you know, they, because the, I mean, they traded for Jerry and Grant, plus yep. they're, they've got Michael Porter Jr. Uh, well, that's, now. that's plus, what are you yeah, do with Juancho? His, his time yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, he's got like three guys in front of him right now. So it's, it's hard to see him. Uh, cracking the rotation, but the thing is that they don't necessarily need him to. Like I said, he's a guy they they've got time uh, to wait on. It's Wancho is the guy that you really got to if if you you don't figure it out pretty quick within that first you know quarter to third of the season. At that point, you got to be making a decision. Okay, are we moving on from him? Because if we're going to, we should, in theory, uh, do it at the deadline. Yes, exactly. That that Wancho. If he's going to be a part of this team, has to be a part early and make his impact early. Right. It can't be. It, it can't be late. He's not going to get those minutes because you might get priority because you can shoot and you've been here longer. But if you can't do that immediately, then the Nuggets have other options. They just right. do. Right, and they're going to get and I mean, ones that are under contract beyond this year. Yeah, and one of them that's going to bring more fan pressure than anyone. Uh, to get playing minutes, which is, you know, I mean, fans are going to want to see Michael Porter Jr. play. This They're going to want to see him, and if he can play the 3-4 like you're playing the 3-4, Wancho, like you've got to you've got to hold your position. Right. And if you can't, that's fine. Like, that's that happens. But you see him playing for Spain now. This version of Wancho that's playing for Spain is the version I want on the Nuggets. Yep. I'm yep. dying to get that version all year. And I'm really hoping it comes because it would be the right time for him contractually to make a bunch of money. And it would be the right time for the Nuggets for them to be able to use that position and have him actually make an impact there. Absolutely. I agree 100%. All right, let's uh, let's uh, go ahead and close it out uh, on that note. Um, like I mentioned before, make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. I'm at Zach Mikosh. Gordon is at GMoneyNugs. Uh, you can follow at PickaxePundits and also at Denver Stiffs, all of those different accounts. Uh, we're at the Denver Stiffs on Instagram. Uh, make sure you're checking out our YouTube channel. We'll have, uh, especially once Media Day is here, we'll have tons of new videos and content. Um, There's going to be videos live from uh, Media Day and, and kind of basically a, a one-stop shop, hopefully, for you to get everything you need from, from there and beyond, uh, especially with no altitude right now. It's... I mean, it's, it yeah, sucks. We're your guys. Yeah. It sucks, but it's good for us, right? <laughs> uh, shout out to all of our friends at Altitude. We hope this gets gets figured out for you guys. We're they'll iron you. it out. I, like I said, I believe that they'll figure it out. They need to figure it out. And I'm sorry that the guys at Altitude have to go through it, 
because it's not their problem. They're not the right. ones who created the yep. issue. Exactly, exactly. They're just kind of caught in the middle. Uh, yep. And when you know these people, it, it gets a lot more real for you. So, uh, we will, I guess we will, uh, we'll end it right there, Mr. Gordon. So, appreciate you on, sir. And uh, we will talk next week. You got it. Well, same time, same channel, sort of. Yep. <laughs> it's a podcast, Gordon. It's on my It's a podcast. Time. You do your thing. <laughs> Listen, oh, oh.